Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning. It is Friday, the 14th of, I almost said February. That's just because February 14th rolls off the tongue because it's Valentine's Day and my sister's birthday and my mom uh, and stepdad's anniversary. Yeah, no, but it's not the 14th of February. It's the 14th of April, which means that it's almost the 15th of April, which means that it's almost uh, tax day. So if you haven't done those, here's the good news. There's a little grace period because the 15th of April falls on a Saturday. You have till Monday. But I don't know, TikTok, like, let's let's just get those things done. Uh, And we actually have a Growing Your Faith verse of the day related to taxes. Who knew? Who knew? Some clever soul thought, let's use this passage from Mark chapter 12, verse 17, um, as people are considering their taxes. So Jesus says to them, there's actually this conversation about paying taxes that's going on here in Mark chapter 12. And Jesus uh, says to them, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. And his reply left them overcome with wonder, which means they didn't really quite know what to make of it. And so um, let's apply the mind of Christ, not only to the matter of the day, which is, you know, paying our taxes, but also to the way Jesus frames the conversation. What, what does it mean? What does it mean? to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar or to render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So this is a conversation about the reality that we live in the world, a worldly world. We live in a world um, dominated by political realities that are not expressly Christian. Um, There is no such thing, really, as a Christian government Ever, there, there are any number of forms of government, and there may be Christians who are operating in those, but like there, there just isn't a quote-unquote Christian form of government. There are some forms of government that are obviously more aligned with kingdom values than other forms of government, but I mean, it's ultimately a worldly deal. Like, it's a, it's a political world. So this is not our ultimate home. Christians know that. Um, And this world does not warrant our ultimate allegiance and certainly not our ultimate affections. So we are Christians who live in the world, but we are not of it. A couple of different things that we might hear Jesus saying today when he says, render to Caesar. Render to the state, render to the government, um, whichever one you are subject to, like, right, what belongs to the world. Render to the world what belongs to the world and render to God, your father, your creator, your redeemer, your provider, your protector, your eternal home. Render to God what is God's. So what is God's? Well, your thoughts, your affections, your words, your deeds, your body, your time, your talents, your relationships, your family, your all in all. Your today, your tomorrow, your forever. 
And, you know, at tax time here in the United States, give to Caesar, yeah, what is due? Do so with a glad heart and deep appreciation for all the things that government provides. But don't give your ultimate allegiance or devotion. Like, we recognize that nations rise and fall. Christians are living today and have lived over millennia under Caesars of all kinds. And Christians have lived for millennia under God's righteous rule as citizens and ambassadors of his kingdom in the midst of a variety of kingdoms of the earth. So just quickly, like, do a little feelings check today. How do you feel about the government under which you live? If you're listening in Kenya or Lebanon, if you're listening in Ukraine or Russia, if you're listening in Indonesia or Haiti or Honduras, you have experiences of modern-day Caesar in your life that I can't understand from my expressly American perspective. But as a fellow citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you and I are equally under the reign and the rule of God, equally ambassadors of Christ in the midst of the various kingdoms of this world. And so as you render today unto the Caesar under whom you live in your place in this time, and I render under the unto the Caesar under which I live in this day and time, let us both walk in this world as sojourners on our way home together to the Father's house. Amen? Amen. Chip Hutchison is going to join us next. You'll recall he serves in Louisville, Kentucky. He works with Kentucky Today and also the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And we're going to talk with him about his observations following the uh, deadly shooting in Louisville last week and the reactions of Christians in the community versus the reactions of the world. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Chip Hutchison is joining us uh, this morning from Kentucky Today and the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Good morning, Chip. Good morning, Carmen. Glad to be with you this morning. We're thrilled to have you. Look, I've only been on the air for a couple of minutes, and I've already made a mess of one thing. So um, will you will you just hang with me for one second while I clean up a mess I already made? Yes, glad to. Okay. All right. So because the research department is on it and people are texting me on our text line this morning, which you can do as well, 877-933-2484, the filing deadline is not actually Monday. Apparently it's Tuesday. All right. So you have until the 18th of April um, to uh, to get your federal income taxes filed. Yes, typically April 15, but this year you get a few extra days. The deadline uh, would have been Monday. But apparently Monday uh, is Emancipation Day, a holiday observed in Washington, D.C., and therefore by the IRS, and therefore apparently you get an extra day. More grace, more grace. Just talk about more grace. Chip Hutchison uh, is here with us. Chip, um, thank you so much for coming back. You, you are in the context of this unfolding drama in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, maybe just some of your observations about like what was lost on the secular media as they were covering the shooting in Louisville? Well, it is very clear to, to me and to folks that I've talked with, the, the focus is on the uh, violence and the injustice, and certainly we live in an evil world. This is only evidence of something that's not new. This has existed for all of time. 
the weapon of choice is different, but I, I think back to Habakkuk, and if you look at Habakkuk, and he cried out, why, God, why are you allowing this violence? Why do you allow this injustice? And we'll remember, God turned Habakkuk's focus not on the situation, because he did say, Habakkuk, it's only going to get worse, because this bitter and hasty nation is going to overtake you. But he turned Habakkuk's focus back to who God is and and as the creator of the universe, the one who can answer all of our problems. And that's what troubles me is uh, uh, we look to a political solution. Uh, the secular media focuses on the political solution, and there is virtually no mention of the spiritual condition because the violence that occurs in our world is condition of the human heart. And James 5 especially speaks to that about the oppression, especially by the rich and the injustice. Uh, and I think as, as churches, uh, what I hear from pastors that I've talked with, uh, they are very focused on uh, explaining and helping people to understand the urgency of the gospel that we've got to get the gospel out because that person who uh, I walked into a bank here yesterday and spoke with uh, several employees there. And I said, I understand the fear that, that comes. And I said, but uh, the love of God cast out all fear and had a good gospel conversation with several of them. Uh, that That's what's been lost on the secular media. And, uh, you know, it's pop, not popular in amongst secular uh, journalist to talk about the things of God. Uh, that's why I'm so thankful that through Kentucky Today we can do that. Uh, and, and our churches here, some have been impacted personally. Uh, I know of one uh, church where there's a member who's in the current police academy uh, undergoing training. He is friends with the officer who's now in critical condition. Uh, friends with his twin brother and, and knows him, he's had the opportunity in the police academy to lead a group of 40 officers as they have prayed and prayed daily. He's now doing a devotional in that police academy. So what we see, Carmen, is that God is at work. And what uh, we go back to Genesis fifty twenty. you know, what uh, was meant for evil, God can mean for good. I appreciate how you're um, highlighting for us how Christians can um, witness and withstand in the midst of all of this. I appreciate that, you know, hey, you walked into a bank yesterday and you just recognize that those are people who now function um, with a level of fear that they weren't functioning with just a week ago. Um, and I think, uh, I think, Chip, having this awareness that we live as people prepared to die, but we live in a world that imagines that this life is all there is. And um, we've cultivated a culture of unrighteousness. Like we are reaping the harvest of what we have planted. And we're going to have to dig it up and we're going to have to reseed it with the word of God. And we're going to have to do the hard work of revival, um, which ultimately the Holy Spirit accomplishes, but we have our part. Like we we got to get on our knees like Habakkuk, and we gotta, we got to be willing to say, hey, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yes, exactly. And, you know, at this time, we want to do what the Scripture tells us to do. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We are sensitive to them, uh, but we understand that 
each of us is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called to fulfill what Matthew 28 says. Jesus said, this is, uh, uh, this is my command. It's not uh, my uh, anything else. It is my command to you. And I think this situation, at least for me personally and for those that I work with, has been just a reinforcement, uh, those that I go to church with, that we need to be intentional about meeting people's needs. The greatest need people have is to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And how are they going to know unless someone tells them? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much um, again for visiting with us today. We appreciate um, uh, our partnership in the gospel with you and so many others. And so thank you, Chip, and blessings upon you today as you uh, as you labor in this particular culture where God has called us to um, be his ambassadors and agents of grace. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Carmen, and thank you so much for your voice and, and for your impact uh, on on the world with the gospel. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You guys can connect uh, with Chip at KentuckyToday.com. He's also a part of the Kentucky Baptist Convention. You can find them at kybaptist.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. So glad you are listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is Bill Arnold. I would love for you to check out my podcast in the afternoons. It's called Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Spent the entire marketing budget coming up with that name. But we do scripture engagement and have lots of fun. Make sure you can check it out at myfaithradio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the headline news of the day. And there is um, a big headline of the day today. doesn't matter which media outlet you might be listening to or reading. This is the story people are going to be talking about no matter where you are. 21-year-old Air National Guardsman arrested in Massachusetts. Um, he, he is the sole individual responsible for the leak of classified documents and information um, over the course uh, spanning the last couple of months. Um, but apparently this has been going on for a much longer period of time in a very small chat group that this young man named Jack uh, has been the administrator of. And I think that um, it's important to recognize a couple of storylines that are going to be the undercurrent of this conversation. You're going to hear lots of talk about why a 21-year-old um, had this kind of security clearance, absolutely the highest security clearance that um, is possible in the United States, why he had access to this information. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of conversation about all of that. The answer to which is, by the way, this is who we send to war. Like 18 to 21, 18 to 22, 18 to 23 or 24 this is who we send to war. So um, maybe don't be so astonished that people who are this young um, actually have a huge amount of information and access to information because they're the ones whose lives we're putting out there on the front line. Uh, and so that's that's going to be a part of the conversation out there today. But there's a couple of storylines and threads that I think you're going to hear pulled in relationship to this that I want us as Christians to be prepared for. Um, Several people who have spoken now to media outlets in relationship to OG, OG uh, was the screen name of this individual whose name we actually now know is Jack Texera, 
And and so online in this group, he was known as uh, the OG. Um, he was also known as Jack the Dripper. Um, here's here are some of the comments though that I think you're gonna you're gonna see and hear these threads pulled increasingly over time as this conversation gets beyond why did a person who was so young have access to this information? Every single person they've interviewed has said this this guy was an observant Christian. He often spoke of God. He often prayed with members of this chat group. He was discipling these young men. They refer to him as their best friend. They wept. They wept in their group. When the New York Times first published the story last week um, about the documents and members of the group were on a video call when OG talked to them, this is Jack, and he says, I'm so sorry, guys. I've prayed every single day that this wouldn't happen. The this that wouldn't happen that he prayed for was that it wouldn't, the information wouldn't get out there to the public, that it would just remain in this relatively small group of young men globally who were connected in this chat uh, chat group. Um, Jack says on this call, um, I prayed and I prayed, and now it's only up to God what happens next. Well, yesterday, Jack uh, surrendered without incident to federal law enforcement. If you look at the pictures, you're going to say to yourself, did they really need like 54 giant vehicles and all these people in like super armored up outfits to take this one guy into custody who didn't resist at all? Probably not. Probably didn't need all that. But there you go. I think this is a discipleship conversation. Um, What does all of this tell you about how Jack, this individual, understands the character and the ways of God? This is a person who this group describes as an observant Christian. He led these other young men in times of prayer. He talks about praying that this would never happen, that that it wouldn't become public. I prayed and I prayed, and now it's only up to God what happens next. What does Jack misunderstand about how prayer works and who God is? And how can we pray for Jack now and for his family and for the some two dozen boys, young men, who Jack has been shepherding and mentoring in this Thug Shaker Central online group for years now. This is a group of boys who were playing games online, came into fellowship with one another over shared interests, calved off from a larger uh, conversation site into a closed chat group. Um, Jack was the administrator and Jack became the shepherd of these boys, these young men. These people are so young that in some cases their parents are still having to give consent for them to be interviewed by media. And what happens to each and all of them? They have laid eyes on and been privy to some of the most sensitive of our national security information for years. I'm going to encourage you to consider the crisis that boys are in. Um, If you Google the boy crisis or the crisis of men and boys or men's social circles are shrinking or anything related to men and boys and the crisis they're facing, you are going to get all kinds of social science information about um, the, the desperate state of being male and young in the world today. 
I want to encourage older men right now who are listening because the solution to this is life on life, active connection with other men who are older and wiser. That's what our boys need. They need you to actively step into their lives. Regular guys, you right now, regular guy out there, um, we need you. You got to go get that young man out of his parents' basement and put him in your car and drive him somewhere and do something together. Build something. Teach them something. Inspire them to do something. Help them see who they are. Help them see what they're capable of. Help them see that they're valuable and that we need them. We can't just be willing to send them to war. And we certainly can't just let them languish in in basements and bedrooms behind closed doors, in closed chat groups with one another, talking about amongst themselves God, guns, and anti-government stuff. Like, that's just not okay. So, I want, I want you to connect deliberately this weekend. I want you to connect deliberately this weekend with a younger man. Um, start the process of initiation into the vital fraternity of genuinely godly men where young men will learn who they are, what in the world they're in the world to do. They'll learn what real brotherhood is. They'll be shepherded um, into real manhood by an authentic purpose-driven disciple of Jesus because somebody is discipling our boys. Somebody is discipling our boys right now. Make no mistake about that. And I want it to be you. And the church is deployed around the world as these like strategic outposts. We got them in every community, every community. There's churches everywhere. And the church can become this ideal environment for mentors to help boys who are in crisis right now. We just got to connect with them one-on-one, life-on-life, older men discipling younger men. And yes, of course, older women discipling younger women. Let's take a moment to go upwards with Max Lucado. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. All right, we're going to have a conversation uh, with Chris Martin. Is he already with us, or did I miss my... Do I have like a minute here? I I have lost track of my tracking sheet, Ryan. You still have a few minutes, yes. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So that's Ryan. Um, um, is your mom listening right now? Do you think, Ryan? You want to give her it's a, a great shout out? question? She may be. I would say mm-hmm. she's probably listening later, though. If she is listening, but otherwise, good mm-hmm. morning, mom. Love you. Good morning, and <laughs> um, and and if she's listening, she's listening on the Faith Radio app. She's listening online at myfaithradio.com, or she's listening to a live radio signal. Does she live in one of our like live listening? She areas? does, but I think mm-hmm. she would actually be listening on the app on her smartphone. Mm-hmm. Which is which is smart of her because then it's uninterrupted. Even yes. if there's some you know bird that flies through the radio <laughs> signal, which I don't really know how that works. But sometimes, sometimes it's like staticky if you're listening on. Oh yeah. Like you know, I don't know if you're listening in Minneapolis, St. Paul on ninety point seven FM or ninety seven point five um, or AM nine hundred or I, I don't know. Maybe you're even listening on a digital two signal. But here's the here's the reality. Um, sometimes it gets scratchy or you can kind of like drive out of it. Here's the good news. I mean, this is actually like good gospel news. Um, we send this signal out on, not just on radio waves, we send it out digitally, right? Through myfaithradio.com or the Faith Radio app, 
and you could listen on the Faith Radio app uninterrupted um, all the time, anywhere, on any connected device, including that fancy car you now drive that has that, yeah, ability. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, good morning to Ryan's mom, if she's listening. And if she's not listening now, hello later on when you listen. So Ryan Mitchell has been serving in Paul's stead the last couple of days. So Paul could be off doing things with his family. And so we love and appreciate Ryan and his partnership in this gospel ministry. Ryan's actually the one that posts this show as a podcast every single day. So if you listen later because you are subscribed to Mornings with Carmen, wherever you get your podcast, Ryan Mitchell makes that possible. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. I feel like that was really good use of that extra minute yeah. that you told me that, that I had. Was, yeah. That was so smooth. No one would have yeah. ever known. No, <laughs> no one would have ever known that I'd lost track of my tracking sheet. All right, next up, we're going to talk with Chris Martin. Um, we're, he's going to explain to us what's going on with Twitter, mm-hmm. not just here in the United States, but around the world. Um, and then there is something called Notes on Substack, which I just discovered yesterday, which is not much of a discovery because apparently it's been around for a long time. But, you know, I'm sometimes late to the party. Um, And we're going to talk about um, that as well. And you're going to say to yourself, why do these things matter to me? Because I'm not on Twitter. Well, um, there are a huge percentage of the population now that gets their news and information through social media. They don't actually get their news and information through news and information um, websites or providers. They get it through social media. And so we want to talk about how that environment is changing, who's there, how are they communicating with each other. Um, Because it does influence um, downstream what you and I actually have access and information about. Chris Martin joins us next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Joining us now, Chris Martin from the Terms of Service blog and Moody Publishers. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Carmen. How are you this morning? Well, I I am well, and uh, congratulations. Um, yeah, I am aware because of Facebook and social media that your family is growing by one. Yeah, yeah, we're having a, a second daughter in September, so yeah, we're really excited about it. Congratulations! Very, very exciting. Um, okay, so um, Twitter. Uh, I mean, not did Elon Musk apparently, you know, up to all kinds of ongoing shenanigans in relationship to this. But um, can you tell us what's going on? NPR has apparently left the Twitter platform altogether. Um, Twitter is facing all kinds of charges in Germany related to um, rules about hate speech. Like, what's going on with Twitter? Uh, Twitter's a mess right now um, in all kinds of ways. Unfortunately, quote-unquote free speech must come at the cost of foolishness uh, because that seems to be what's going on. It's, it is a total mess from, a, from like a corporate perspective, from a user perspective. I've seen a lot of people who um, are a lot smarter than I am in terms of social media and, and how social media works, writing about how it's so much of what used to make Twitter unique and valuable to people is just really starting to evaporate. And so, yeah, you have NPR has quit Twitter after they were labeled as a um, state-affiliated media platform, which, it, like, anyway, it's, it's a really controversial thing, and, and, and I think Elon Musk has been quite foolish about this. Um, but PBS did the same thing. When PBS was, was uh, labeled as state-affiliated media, they're now taking all of their platforms off of 
off of Twitter, all, all of their accounts off of Twitter. And what's fascinating about this is, like, everyone who works in social media knows that Twitter drives the least amount of traffic of any of the major social media platforms. Like, if you have a website like NPR, um, you like they had tens of millions of Twitter followers across, I think, their, like, 30-plus Twitter accounts for their various brands and stations and all of that. But they reported that about 2% of their traffic came from Twitter, despite having like 30 plus million followers on all of their accounts. And that tracks with my experience. I've run social media at a major Christian ministry. I've run social media on a bunch of other platforms uh, for other organizations. And Twitter always drives the least amount of traffic. That's been the case even when Twitter is at its healthiest. Um, because so much of, of what Twitter is magic for uh, historically, is for conversation that t- takes place on Twitter, not for like driving a bunch of traffic to a website. And so it's not really uh, super detrimental for a platform like NPR or PBS to just kind of quit because they're not going to be losing tens of millions of um, website visits or donors or anything like that. Um, but it is a matter of principle for them. And, I, and like good for NPR and PBS for taking a stand on this because at some point, the way Elon Musk is running Twitter like a 13-year-old boy is going to have to be called into question. And I'm glad that some organizations are starting to hold him to account for that. And, like, I don't want to hear about free speech and that kind of thing. Like, oh, he cares so much about free speech, and that's what – no. No, this is uh, politicking. And I don't mean, like, big-picture politicking. I mean, like, corporate politicking. It's a a business move. And I'm – it makes me sad. It makes me frustrated because Twitter has historically been one of my favorite social media platforms. And this, in addition to some other discoverability changes and, and like uh, limitations that are being implemented because of check marks and Twitter blue and things like that, is going to make the platform nearly impossible to use for what it's historically been used for, connecting with strangers around the world around ideas and topics and things that you're passionate about, uh, unless you're paying eight bucks a month or, or doing whatever – Elon Musk and his friends think you should be doing on the platform in any given week. And it's just, it makes me sad. And it's going to be interesting to see how quickly it it spirals out of control. So there are those arguing that um, journalists can't quit Twitter because it has like become um, such a part of the way journalism or journalists get information and share information with each other. But there's also um, now, or maybe it's not now, and it's just new to me, totally possible Substack notes. Um, but how many people like are on Substack and then are going to figure out how to use Substack notes? Can you just kind of walk us around in that development? Yeah. So part of the part of the Twitter silliness that's happened in the last couple of weeks is like Elon Musk decided that, hey, um, Substack is like, I don't like Substack is his idea, which is a newsletter platform. If anyone listening doesn't know what that is, it's a major platform where people like me can write and, and send out articles via email newsletters and even make, make money. It's an easy way for a writer like me to actually get paid a little bit for my work, which historically has been hard when writing on the Internet. And uh, Substack introduced a platform called Notes, which is kind of like similar to Twitter, but not, not totally. It's quite different, but it has similar features. And so in, a sort, in sort of declaring war with Substack, Elon Musk has made it so that uh, and has directed his coders to make it so that any link that appears on Substack like doesn't work, or sorry, any link from Substack that appears on Twitter like doesn't work, 
And if you mention Substack, your tweet is basically not seen by anybody and you can't retweet tweets that have Substack URLs in them. Um, this has happened over the course of last week and they may have walked a little bit of that back. But yeah, it's, it's, he's kind of taking Twitter and going to war with other platforms like this one, um, despite the fact that his leadership at, at Twitter has somewhat been supported by writers writing on Substack about how good of a job he's doing. And so it's just really fascinating. Um, I, I, I really like it as somebody who's worked in social media for a career and has used it a lot and has um, written about it. I like when platforms play nice with each other. Um, it benefits the user and it helps everyone out. Um, and it just, it's really frustrating to see how, uh, how Twitter is kind of waging war on Substack when they could just work so nicely together. Some people thought at one point one would maybe buy the other, like maybe Twitter would buy Substack mm-hmm. or, or the inverse if, if Substack got big enough. But I don't think Substack's notes platform, which is, a, like I said, a sort of clone of Twitter, though it's a little bit different. I don't think that's really going to compete with Twitter unless Twitter really does go away. And even then, like Substack is still just such a niche platform. I'm not using it as a Substack newsletter writer and and stuff. And I've never gone and looked at what notes even are other than like, oh, okay, this is what the platform looks like. So I I don't think it's this actual threat. But but yeah, I just, I wish these platforms would continue to play nicely together like many of them have for a while. And it seems like that's, we're going the opposite direction. Okay, so um, can I ask you uh, about the way these young men were in this private chat group where the administrator um, has been leaking documents for apparently a fairly long period of time internally to this group of young men globally. Um, I think, Chris, because you are engaged in youth ministry and because you know so much about the wolf in our pockets, right? That's the title of Chris's book, in case you missed it. Um, Maybe you can help us understand what young people in particular are getting out of these closed chat groups in places where um, I certainly don't see them interacting with each other and their parents likely don't either. Can we have that conversation in just a moment? Of course. All right. So we're talking with Chris Martin. Terms of Service blog on Substack is where you can um, find what he's writing all the time. Um, The Wolf in Their Pockets is, uh, is his most recent book, we're going to continue our conversation with Chris. He's going to help us understand these these two dozen young men who've been in this chat group with one another for a couple of years now, um, who have been recipients of very sensitive, some of the most sensitive of America's secrets. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Chris Martin is here with us. He helps us understand the social internet and social media and 
how others are engaging with it, even if we are not. So, um, Chris, Discord, um, there was a private chat group in Discord. This group of young men um, around the world um, who'd never met in person spent a lot of time with one another over the last few years. And part of what they were privy to was um, were these documents, U.S. government secrets exposed by the administrator of the group, who we now know his name is Jack. Um, I really, really want you to help us understand the mind of a young man. You work in youth ministry. You also work at you know this intersection of the social Internet. These people were being discipled. Like, they're weeping. They're crying that this person whom they have come to love and trust and appreciate and spend time with, who they refer to as their best friend, um, you know, is now under these obviously very serious federal charges. Can you help us get into the heart and the mind of young men? Yeah. Uh, so Discord, for anyone who doesn't know, is a uh, really like a chat platform. Um, it really started as a video game chat platform where you could um, it, was, it started out just on PCs, but now it's available on video game consoles like Xbox and PlayStation. And it's where you could enter chat rooms of the text and voice variety, where if you wanted to play a video game with somebody, you could hang out and um, talk with them over voice or text uh, chat. I, I use it um, very regularly, almost every day, uh, for not only playing video games with friends and family across the country, but also for uh, chatting with people around various interests. I'm in, I'm in probably, if I open my Discord app right now, I'm in probably 20 different Discord chat rooms around various interests and topics that are, uh, that are, yeah, that are of interest to me. And so that's the best way to describe it. It came out of the sort of video game movement, but uh, has gone into all kinds of, you could call, call them fandoms, whether you like a kind of movie or video game or music or whatever else. There, it's really like Discord for, uh, just, again, to finish my primer, uh, dis- Discord is like um, the most modern iteration of the AOL chat rooms of yore um, and uh, has voice available as well as text uh, chatting. So uh, why would young men hop on Discord and talk at all, let alone uh, share state secrets? Well, Discord, you can imagine why Discord would be popular among a bunch of young men uh, uh, what I understand by reading articles, these guys got together by sharing an interest in various kinds of online content that maybe was a little bit distasteful or a lot of it distasteful, and then also shared an interest in video games that they like to play together. They also happened, or at least one of them happened to be in the military and perhaps others. Um, and one of them, I think Jack Teixeira, in a, it, based on what I read, in a sort of attempt to impress these guys, decides to share state secrets in the Discord channel. Um, And then if I read the article correctly, once he realized that those documents were traveling outside of the Discord channel and the guys that he was trying to impress, he quickly realized the gravity of what was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so why, why would guys connect through that way? I mean, because people, I mean, why does anybody, why do, why do their moms of all those 20 plus year old men, why are their moms connecting with their friends on Facebook? I mean, it's much the Mm -hmm. same thing. Young men, young men are going to find reasons and ways to connect with each other socially. Discord, don't, don't see this story. If this is your first exposure to Discord as a platform, don't get this idea that Discord is some sort of nefarious internet chat room kind of thing. It's really not. Of course, it could be used that way, like any social media platform. And it's quite like um, 
liberal in its what it allows. Like there's not a ton of rules of what you can and can't do on Discord. Um, but it's not it's used for all kinds of things. I know Christian communities who use Discord to connect with one another and so there's nothing nefarious about the tool they are using to connect or anything like that. So very specifically, I mean, you could just imagine these young men, especially during, I mean, they're probably using Discord for various reasons already, and they just happened to find an interest or two that, that they gathered around, started a Discord channel around that, and started posting in there. And, and then based on the articles I was reading yesterday about this guy, um, he wanted to sort of impress them with the stuff he had access to. And foolishly, obviously, shared state secrets through Discord, which then uh, broke through the Discord channel and, and went global. And so um, that uh, young men want to use Discord to connect with each other for the same reason their parents want to use other social media platforms. It's not really materially different. It's just a, a means of connecting through both voice chat and and text chat in a more chat room space rather than an algorithmically defined space. And let me say, I think places like Discord are only going to start exploding in more popularity because it gives you the ability to connect with people in a more instant way rather than through a mediation through an algorithm or, or what have you. All right. So just to give um, a little scope to this, if you're listening right now, Twitter has like 450 million monthly users. Discord, 250 million monthly users. Some of them are the same people um, because Chris Martin's on both. Um, I'm only currently on Twitter, but now that I'm aware of Discord, which, you know, I'll just confess to you, I didn't know anything about it prior to this because uh, I'm not a gamer. Like, that wouldn't be an entry point. But yeah, you're, you're, as I'm looking at it, no, but it, as I'm looking at it, I mean, if there was a group of people who wanted to talk in real time with each other about what they're hearing right now, instead of like texting me, which is a totally moderated conversation, because I only like you can't share like you can't share with each other on my text line. But if you wanted to like start a discord group that was just mornings with Carmen and you wanted to talk to each other in real time and you're listening right now, you could totally do that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really right? common use case because yeah, a lot that's of YouTube common. streamers or Twitch. I know. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking at it. I'm like, look at yeah. that. Mm-hmm. There could be the yep. mornings with Carmen Discord group, but you're not allowed to post secret information <laughs> documents there. You can't do that, and you can't say ugly things about people, and you can't post racist memes. Like I would have to have rules if the mornings yep. with Carmen crowd was going to stand up a Discord conversation. Yeah, for Does that sure. Sound fair? For sure. I mean, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I mean, just every Discord server I'm in it is heavily moderated, where it's people's like, I think that most of them do it on a volunteer basis, but surely there are some folks who have it as a park or even full time job to moderate what's going on. And there are what's great about Discord is there are so many rules and like filters and stuff that you could place that you could really filter out a bunch of stuff you wouldn't want to take place. But yeah, I mean, what you described it'd be so funny for you to have for for you running your radio show to have a discord server, because it feels like such a, such a like polar opposite ends of the spectrum of like radio, very old, right. old technology, right. discord, like breaking cutting edge social media technology. But yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers who are very much running a sort of modern radio show, use it for, to connect their fans to their fans all the time. And uh, that would be, I think that would be a great sort of tool for, for something like what you're doing. There you go. That is our uh, that is our totally free, totally complimentary recommendation from Chris Martin, who only gives good advice about the social Internet. Um, all right. I don't know. I'm going to check out Discord. But I also, as you know, am exploring 
doing what I do on YouTube. I just think we're having to get over the hurdle of the fact that it's really early in the morning and I'm wearing my robe. I think it's fine. This is, I know. I, I think it's going to have to be like the, it will become the thing. I'll have a ball cap on and a ponytail and no makeup and my robe. Like, that'll be my YouTube thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. We're headed in that direction, Chris. I know you're anxious to, uh, for us to arrive there in the modern world. We love you. We yeah. totally appreciate what you do. If you guys are not signed up for Chris Martin's Substack Terms of Service, um, that's, that's actually where all the good info is. Uh, week in and week out and the funnies on friday so don't miss those and they're free so uh, check out chris martin on substack terms of service blog um also um we've talked about the wolf in their pockets and uh it's chris's most recent book and it's just excellent so thank you again for helping us disciple the next generation even uh, those who are living in a world we don't fully understand sure glad to be here Yeah, so good. So good. All right. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back in just a moment. I'm uh, downloading Discord. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right. For those of you texting in right now and saying, "Um, I don't know what advantage that would be. I don't know um, why we would want a Discord channel. Okay, because you could be talking with each other right now and not just texting me. Mary and Tom and Jim and Bob and Lucy, you could all be talking with each other right now, making your observations to each other and not just to me. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I don't know. There you go. I have. I, I mean, I clearly wouldn't be able to moderate it because I'm already multitasking and I don't know how I would do one more thing, which means, you know, you'd, you'd be talking amongst yourselves, which I think you'd find fun. Yeah. You guys could be exchanging all the information that you exchange with me on the text line in real time with each other. I don't know. That that sounds kind of interesting to me. Um, all right. We have another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. It's going to lead off, because it's Friday, it's going to lead off with the Farm Report. I have seven points in the Farm Report this week. The Farm Report has been a little light of late because we've been in that time of the year where you're just sort of like waiting to be a farm. Like, right? Well, now the farm is fully functioning. And so there is a full, robust Farm Report to lead off the next hour. We're also going to talk with our friend Adam Holtz. And then, um, oh, I mean, what I anticipate is going to be a real delight. Greg Ekbong is going to be here. Um, you probably know him if you're from the Twin Cities, um, Bethel University, Bethel Medical School, um, it, it, on and on and on. Um, that's going to be a great conversation. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.